When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Fine, fine Thursday with a heck of a lot of things going on in the world of sports as well. Harvey Cruz, Jacob Perry, my buddies, we are reunited again. They're producing the program, and you can get me on Twitter as always, at Dan Grasso, G-R-A-C-A. Now, before we get into the show, because, again, these shows are few and far between these days because the NBA and the NHL have started their seasons. And by the way, we should at least say a thank you to both the Knicks and the Rangers for deciding not to play tonight so you and I could be together and we can have our little program and our little gab fest on this Thursday. So thanks to those two teams for having better things to do on this evening. So we will try to keep you company here instead. Knicks are going to be back at it, of course, tomorrow. They're going to take on the Bucks. We will do a short show, rapid fire, 30 minutes, Tomorrow from 7 to 7.30 leading into Knicks Bucks. So mark your calendars for that. And the Rangers will return to the ice on Saturday afternoon against the Dallas Stars as they suddenly have forgotten how to score goals, which they will look to rediscover in time before they have their road trip swing into Dallas and Arizona this weekend and try to get back into the win column. So full show tonight. Brief show tomorrow, and then we get another full extravaganza coming up on Monday on Halloween, which is cool. So we'll do a full three hours and overreaction Monday. We haven't done one of those in a while, so we're looking forward to uh, making all these things happen for you. In the meantime, I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, we got so many things to talk about. The World Series begins tomorrow between the Phillies and the Astros, and the only thing that applies to New York with the World Series is that I think there is no questions anymore about who you're rooting for. Like in this city. If you're a Met fan, you're probably rooting for the Houston Astros because you don't want to see the Phillies win a World Series, right? They finished in third place in your division. And if you're a Yankee fan, of course you're not rooting for the Astros. You're rooting for the Phillies, you know, just to maybe even stick it to the Met fan a little bit there. So I think that the allegiances are pretty apparent when you're talking about this fall classic. We'll do a breakdown. We'll give you some predictions a little bit later on in the program. We'll get into the latest on the Yankees, of course, as to – where their offseason is going to be headed, one that apparently now includes Aaron Boone. As you heard Hal Steinbrenner tell the AP yesterday that he ain't going anywhere and he will indeed still be the skipper for this team. But Brian Cashman, well, that's a different story for a different time and it's still to be determined as to whether or not he's going to be back as the architect of this baseball team. And I would be shocked if he isn't, plainly speaking. But I think it's time, and I was just talking with Michael, Don, and, and Peter, you know, about the football season. And now, finally, that baseball in this town is a thing of the past, how we could give the proper respect to the Jets and to the Giants and what they've accomplished so far this year. You know, if somebody would have told you back in the summertime that the Giants would be 6-1, and one, the Jets would be 5-2 and two through seven weeks, you, you probably would have had to drive them to the loony bin and to tell them to get, you know, looked at by medical doctors, you know, a psychiatric evaluation, because there's no way these teams are going to be that good. But, no, that's reality. That has happened. And you want to say that that's another example of the National Football League, that any given year you can have teams that surprise, and we know about the mantra of any given Sunday that anybody can beat anybody. Well, Jets and Giants have proved that, and they've taken it week by week by week. 
And now they've set up for a nice run and for at least a nice second half of the season that's going to keep us entertained. And it's going to keep us occupied. And who knows, we might even be talking about January playoff football for one or both of these two football teams. And wouldn't that be great? Seriously. Wouldn't that be like the greatest thing in the world? This is like better than Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs. If you were to tell me the Jets and the Giants are going to be in the playoffs. Fantastic. Now, you still got a long way to go. It's not a certainty just yet. And the Giants earlier today, they made a move to, you can't even say that it's going to help them maybe get to the playoffs because what they got back in trading Kadarius Toney to the Kansas City Chiefs, they got back draft picks. And draft picks aren't going to help you in 2022, right? As soon as you use these draft choices, it's going to help you for 2023 and beyond. So you got rid of a player who really wasn't contributing all that much anyway. So is it all that big a loss if you're the New York Giants? I look at it as a different way. If you're Joe Shane, that's a home run that you just hit. You knocked it out of the park. You know, Kadarius Toney is basically MIA at this point. This is a guy who, you know, you might as well put his face on a milk carton when you're talking about the New York football giants. We haven't seen this guy. The guy's played 35 snaps all season. You were getting nothing from him. And I know I sound like a broken record if I evoke the name of one Dave Gettleman, but essentially that's what this is again. It's almost like one final parting gift from Dave Gettleman out the door. You know, his last number one, or I shouldn't say his last, but yeah, his last number one draft choice with the New York football Giants, and now it's somebody who is off the team before even completing two full seasons. We are the Giants. Yes, you are. And thankfully, I think if you're a Giant fan, he's not running the team anymore. Because let's be real, if the Giants went with the status quo and just ran it back, like the Yankees, I guess, are poised to do, but if the Giants ran it back, are we talking about a 6-1 and one football team right now? Are we, are we talking about a team that is playing as well as anybody in the entire National Football League? But think about if you were going, you know, shopping, for example, and you were trying to get something in exchange for one of your items, you know, a used item, and you have a player here in Kadarius Tony, who in two years has played 12 games, has caught 41 passes, and he hasn't even found the end zone yet. Forget about where he was drafted. You know, your first-round pick, that's great, but you've already had about a year and a half of being an NFL player, and you've had an opportunity to kind of rewrite your narrative. And if you haven't produced, and if you haven't done what at least one team thought that you were capable of doing, it doesn't matter anymore. Right? So that first-round value now goes by the wayside. And if you're Joe Shane, to get a three, to get a six, conditional, what more could you ask for? Right? You got assets down the road for somebody who was contributing absolutely nothing to your football team. And, you know, the next question is, if you're the Giants, you're thinking about, okay, it's like, what do we do next? Right? How do we go about then filling that void at wide receiver? Well, yeah, I know in a perfect world you'd like to, but do you really have to? I mean, like, is it the worst thing in the world if you bring in nobody? between now and November the 1st, which is next Tuesday at the trade deadline. The only reason I say that is, is because the Giants have rolled out here to a 6-1 and one start, and they've gotten little to no production from their wide receivers. So it hasn't stopped them up until now. And unless you think that the Giants are a team that's going to win the Super Bowl this year, which I don't, and look, there's still a chance because we still have a lot of football to play. Both of these teams still have 10 games remaining on the schedule. It is possible that things could go south and that the wins stop coming. 
and that all of a sudden maybe all the expectations that we thought were going to befall these football teams in the offseason come true. Or maybe they won't. But if you're the Giants right now, it's almost like you don't want to mess with the good vibes they have going on. And I know that there might be wide receivers out there around the league that you could bring in and, you know, maybe on paper they upgrade the talent on this club, but you never know if they're going to be the right fit. That's the danger. Don't know if they're going to be a good fit for the system. Don't know if they're going to establish that chemistry with the quarterback. Don't know how long it's going to take them to maybe get adjusted and adapted to their new surroundings. So in a way, it's almost playing with fire. And I love, by the way, you know, Kadarius Toney, again, who has done nothing in the NFL, absolutely nothing, just because of where they trade him to and the Kansas City Chiefs, all of a sudden, People for coming out of the woodwork saying that Kadarius Toney is going to be, a, you know, an all-pro, a Hall of Famer. He's going to make the Chiefs so much better. Oh, you're going to see all that talent come true and on and on and on and on and on. So when do we have in the Hall of Fame ceremony? Like, when is he getting the gold jacket? Tell me. I'd like to know because it's not a certainty and it's not a sure thing. Remember not too long ago, it was just a few years, once upon a time. Remember the Jets had a guy who really wasn't doing that much? Remember? Remember Le'Veon Bell? And the Jets said, well, you know, we had enough of that. And then he ends up in Kansas City. And everybody and their mother was saying, oh, Andy Reid, that offense, boy, they are going to help Le'Veon Bell rediscover his old form that he showed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, what a tremendous signing by Le'Veon Bell. Oh, boy, the Chiefs are geniuses. They know exactly what they're doing. You wait and see how well Le'Veon Bell plays for the Chiefs. How'd that work out? Right? And you can tell me anything you want about Le'Veon Bell and where he was in his career, but again, I'm just tapping into that whole narrative about the Chiefs and the system and Andy Reid and that anybody that goes there, they wave the magic wand, and it's like they find the fountain of youth, they find their best football. Well, guess what? It doesn't always happen. And maybe Kadarius Toney is going to be one of these guys. And if you're a Giant fan right now, who the hell cares? He ain't your problem anymore. He's Kansas City's problem. And yeah, To give up two draft choices like they did, you're expecting him to produce. That third-round pick is a top 100 pick. That's not chump change. Kansas City's expecting him to come in and make plays for him. Will he? I don't know. Don't know if he's going to be a committed professional. Have no idea. And if you're Joe Shane and you're Brian Dayball and you're the Giants, you know what? You won without him. You've been winning without him. So you might as well get something for a guy who was pretty much just sitting in that locker room collecting dust. Don't you think? I think it's a fantastic move. Absolutely fantastic. And that's another thing that's got to give you some peace of mind and some comfort if you're a fan of the Giants that forget about the fact you're winning games. But how about the people that are in charge right now? Whether it's the head coach who, by the way, they're already starting to stencil his name on the Coach of the Year trophy. I mean, he pretty much has it all wrapped up. I think they have the Brian and the DAB already on the plaque that's on the Coach of the Year trophy. And they're just going to finish up the uh, couple more letters before the end of November, I think it is. Fantastic job. You know you're never out of a game. You know your team is going to be well-prepared and ready to play with this guy at the helm. I mean, look at how the Giants have played football this year. Every single game they've played, win or lose, it's a one-score game. There aren't any blowouts. And the Giants have a talent deficiency. The Giants aren't as talented 
as any team in the league. The Giants probably aren't even as talented as some of the teams they line up against. But you know what? When they kick that ball in the air, you wouldn't know that because this team is that well coached. And Joe Shane, you know what? He's had very little to do so far. In his first year at the helm, he couldn't really do a hell of a lot because Dave Gettleman left him in salary cap hell, so he couldn't be that flexible. But making little moves like this, that takes you a long way. It really does. And you know what? The future, I think, is bright for this organization. And once you get into next offseason, when some of those cap constraints go away, you're going to start to see Joe Shane and Brian Dayball further put their stamp and put their print on this football team. 800-919-3776. That's a telephone number. Busy show tonight. We'll talk Giants, not just about the Kadarius-Tony trade, but, oh, by the way, they got another big game this week. That would be a visit to Seattle to take on the, I can't believe I'm saying this, first place Seattle Seahawks. Think about the NFL schedule this week. Like, you want to hear something weird. Like, if I would have told you this before the season started, you would have thought I was drunk. Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Buffalo, San Francisco, and the Rams. Those are three of the games on the schedule this week. And do you realize that the only game that features a matchup between two teams with winning records is the Giants and the Seahawks? And that probably looked like the worst game on the schedule when it came out. Back in April. That's why this league is just, there's nothing like it. There's really and truly nothing like it. Jordan Renan, our good buddy, covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. He'll join us coming up at 9 o'clock. Don't worry, we'll also give proper attention to the Jets. And, oh, yeah, they got a big game this week, too. Against the Pats, MetLife Stadium, but you probably know that already. It's going to be a madhouse. It's going to be a scene. Can't wait for Sunday. My partner on the pre- and post-game, Greg Buttle, is going to join me coming up a little bit later at 8.15. lot of football conversation on this Thursday night. Can't wait to get it going with you. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I mean, you look at this giant wide receiving core right now, and it really is remarkable that they're sitting here at 6-1 and one when their leading pass catcher from the wide receiver position has 20 catches for less than 200 yards. And he hasn't even found the end zone yet. And his name is Richie James. You know, this isn't one of the guys that you were, you know, banking a lot on before the season started. Hardly nothing. And yet here he is, and he's been the guy at that position who's been the most productive for you. Now, maybe Wandale Robinson, you know, the fact that he's healthy and he's out here playing again and, you know, had that. I thought he had a decent game last week there in Jacksonville. Maybe you start to see him take that next step as his season rolls on. And then Kenny Galladay is still here and remains an enigma, right? Like, what are you going to get? Can he do anything to salvage the season here with the Giants? I mean, I don't think that he's tradable before Tuesday because look at that contract. That is a heck of a lot of money, and the Giants are still going to have to bear some of that even if they move on from him. But Galladay spoke today in the locker room, and he was asked about Kadarius Toney getting traded away. I mean, definitely when you build a relationship with a guy, like I said, that's why I said I'm going to reach out to him. I really didn't get a chance to really talk to him and everything. You know, I was kind of doing my own little thing, trying to get ready. Yeah, I'm going to definitely reach out to him, and we definitely built you know, some type of relationship to the point where you know I do feel for him, definitely. I, I mean, it's interesting. You say, I, I feel for him. What's to feel, though? I mean, it's not like he got traded, you know, to the worst team in the league. He didn't get traded to the Houston Texans. He got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that, you know, is easily a club that, right? Hey, if you're buying stock in a team right now, despite the fact the Giants have a better record than Kansas City, I'm buying stock in Kansas City. That which team is going to actually go further this year? I, I mean, you got to go with the Chiefs. So I don't think we need to feel sorry for Kadarius Toney. I mean, he's still getting paid. He's still got a couple of more years on his contract, plus as a first-round pick, they're going to have a chance to pick up that 50-year option as well. He'll be fine. You know, I, I don't think we have to lose sleep at all for Kadarius Toney. And, look, here's the bottom line. If Kadarius Toney fared better for the last year and a half while he was here, then he'd still be a New York Giant. As far as Galladay is concerned, though, he himself is worrying about getting healthy and getting back out on that field. I want to be a part of it big time. I'm trying everything to get back out there. Um, I've never even, you know, been a part of a team that went six and just going six and one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do everything to get back out there. I, I, I get jealous of the guys, and you know, in a good way though. Um, it, it motivates me even more to get out there with them, you know, just so I can put my little stamp on the game. You know, however that comes, you know, if it's in the blocking area, if it's in the, you know, pass catching. That's the part I get jealous about, um, just seeing them guys out there having fun with it. Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I like that song. I know it hasn't worked out for him, and I know he's not making – I know he is making a ton of money. But like I said, I wouldn't close the book on him. If he can get out there and play and contribute, let him do it. Giants will be better off. I mean, shoot, you're paying the guy anyway. You might as well get something out of him. You might as well put him to work. All right, let's go to the phones. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. John in Brooklyn is going to be first up here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? I'm good, Dan. I'm good. Listen, I got to say, I, I disagree with your, your Kadarius Tony take. I think, have, have you seen him play? He's, he's Nobody's like, seen him play he's much electric, this year. Like, no. Like, look, or, okay, not, not this year, but 
you got to consider that at the beginning of the year, it wasn't even his fault that he didn't play. The coach sat him for whatever reason, but maybe he was showing up to meetings late. I don't know. Well, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, okay, wait, 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 stop. I'll let you finish. Well, if you say it's not uh-huh. his fault, so if he's late for meetings, that the coach would just turn his head and let give him okay, the okay, same okay. path to the field as everybody else? I, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm a big believer that you got to cultivate and, you know, play talent. He's, a, he's, he's the best wide receiver on the team. He's the best wide receiver on the team. They didn't play him. When they did play him, he got hurt. And, you know, just you're saying he, he's not playing right now. It's like, I mean, they got to play him. They, apparently, he's not even hurt. According to him, he's not even hurt. They got to play him. And I, he's a great receiver. He's, you rather have David Sills out there. No third-round pick coming out the draft is going to be better than him. So I don't, I don't really see the upside. Like, I, I don't really see the upside to the trade. I mean, here's the bottom line. You're 6-1 and one without him, John, and thanks for the phone call. I mean, I don't know if you had Kadarius Tony on your fantasy team or you like the fact that he's flashy and all these things. Bottom line is, if you're a Giant fan and they're 1-6 right now, then you can be bummed out about this trade because you can say, oh, well, you know what, Kadarius Tony, he's got a hell of a lot of talent. He could help us win. But you're winning. So why the hell do you care if you're a Giant fan and this guy's not on the team or not playing or whatever? You're winning football games. We're I don't care who's out there on the field. We're winning games. Let's go! And you should have faith in the people that are making the decisions for you right now. I got faith in Brian Dayball. I got faith in Joe Shane. And all I know is they get a free pass on this guy. Because remember something. Last year during the draft, when Kadarius Toney's name was called in the first round, which was kind of a surprise to all of us, a little bit, that the Giants went that way, but maybe in hindsight it really isn't that big of a surprise because it was a Dave Gettleman pick and nothing works out for him. Nothing did. But Joe Shane, when he was up in Buffalo, and Brian Dayball, when he was up in Buffalo, they did their own scouting for the draft. They had their own grades and their own evaluations on players. How do we know that they had Kadarius Tony rated as a first-round talent? Or maybe, just maybe, They did some digging and they did some homework on the person and maybe they even met with them and they realized, you know what, there's some red flags there and we don't want this guy very high on our draft board. I don't know how Buffalo viewed him. I couldn't tell you. And I'll tell you the other thing too, by the way, which doesn't exactly bode well for Kadarius Toney and his future in this league, is that remember who else loved him last year? So it's bad enough that Dave Gettleman was the one who turned in the card with his name on it, but do you remember when the Giants drafted him Somebody was actually dumb enough to go on record and say, I wish I drafted or we could have drafted Kadarius Tony in place of some other guy that we ended up drafting. Remember who said that? That was Urban Meyer. So I don't think the odds are really in Kadarius Tony's favor right now that you had Dave Gettleman stick his neck out for you and you had Urban Meyer go on record and say, we wish we could have drafted him, which was one of the dumb things that you could say, especially considering that Travis Atien ended up being that pick. And if I'm Travis Atien, I'm sitting there in the room raising my hand like, hey, coach, what about me? I'm here. Josh in Long Island, he's up next, 98.7 ESPN. Josh, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Dan? Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, I just want to talk about the Kadarius-Tony trade. Um, at first, I was kind of bummed out about it, honestly. But then I was watching some stuff, and then they threw up like his like his uh, his yearly highlights. I mean, his yearly stats from last year or whatever. And then they um he I think pretty much what we're all stuck on is the fact that he had that incredible game. Yeah, one game Cowboys in New Orleans. With, I think it was New Orleans. Yeah, the no, New Orleans then, game is when he had a good game. 
I thought it was against the Cowboys. He put like 189 in New Orleans. He put like 74. Well, he had that nice catch and run with the ball in New Orleans. I thought that's what you were referring to. Okay. Oh no! When he dropped like 187 yards, like Mike Glennon as the, as, the, as their quarterback. But um, in all honesty, man, it comes down as cliche as it sounds. Just the best ability is availability, and the guy he can't seem to stay on the field. You know, whether he wants to, whether he's really injured or not. But that was pretty much my take. Thank you for the call. Well, that, and that's the bottom line. I mean, what good is he doing you if he's not going to play? And again, we don't know if he says he's healthy. How do we know that he's telling the truth? Seriously, that's just one person's opinion. If he's healthy, if he's not healthy, there were obviously reasons that are preventing him from being on the field right now. And if you're the Giants, you had your reasons for not putting him out there. And whether it was the offseason, which I don't know if he was necessarily as diligent with the workouts and the availability and all those things. We'll talk to Jordan a little bit later on. Renan at 9 o'clock. You know, he covers that team day in and day out. But I'm sure that the people in that organization weren't really losing sleep over the fact that okay, this guy maybe is not the player that the previous regime thought he was going to be. Everybody got a fair shot. Everybody had an equal opportunity to step out onto this field back in the spring, back in the summer, and try to contribute to this football team, and it didn't work out for him. But the big takeaway, again, if you're a fan, you're winning games, right? You're winning games. Trust in this group. And the fact that they were able to get a top 100 draft choice in all probability for someone who was giving you nothing, how do you think that that's not a positive? You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. John is up next. He is in Long Island. He wants to talk a little giant football. Johnny, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Dan? What's up, John? uh, The frustrating thing as a giant fan, and I'm also a Daniel Jones fan, um, is the amount of balls that our receivers are just dropping. Um, You know, it's... This last game, Daniel Jones put the ball right on the chest of five receivers, and they dropped it. And if you count up the entire season, and I'm thrilled that we're 6-1. and Everything's Mm -hmm. going great. We're opportunistic. We're taking care of business. We're disciplined, except for that. And I think we can get better. Uh, Obviously, I hope we can get better. But these are professional receivers. When Galladay played, he just dropped the balls. You, You have to catch the ball. 
I agree. I, I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, that's literally in the job description, right? I mean, you yeah. run routes, you catch the ball when they throw it to you. I, I get it. And, John, thanks for the phone call. But, uh, again, they're finding ways to win. And I know it's cliche, but that's the meaning behind complimentary football. You know, some days, like, for example, look at the Jet game last week, right, in Denver. The offense had their struggles. You know, they didn't move that ball up and down the field with efficiency, certainly against that Denver defense. But you know what? The defense came to play, and the defense held Denver to single digits. That's why they won the football game. Sometimes your offense takes the day off. Your defense has to rise to the occasion, vice versa. You know what? There's no rule that says your special teams can't make a play or two to help you out. Look at what happened to the Jets in Green Bay a couple of weeks ago, right? The special teams went out and created points for you with the block punt. So Giants are just finding ways to getting it done. This defense even though maybe from top to bottom they don't wow you in terms of individual talent, collectively, though, they're playing really, really well under Wink Martindale. And that's why you go out and you get a Wink Martindale to run your defense. Because, you know, and at least upon impact and upon arrival, Wink Martindale is going to turn around your defense. And he's going to get guys buying into what he's asking them to do. I, I, I don't want to say that they're the same personalities, but, like, when they got Wink Martindale, it kind of reminded me of, all right, this is maybe like – when Greg Williams went over to the Jets as their defensive coordinator. You know, Greg Williams is a guy who has had success in the league, but he's kind of somebody who, like, overstays his welcome a little bit after moving from stop to stop. And initially, it worked out great with the Jets that first year. They were pretty good on defense. But then things got steadily moving in the other direction, unfortunately, to where they, you know, parted ways, ultimately, with that decision against the Raiders there, uh, you know, to go all out with the cover zero and, cost them the game so you hope that doesn't happen with the Giants don't think it will but so far I mean you can't ask for anything more and and Daniel Jones it's funny he was a guy that was at like the beginning of every conversation we had about the Giants in the summertime about what they can or cannot do and is he going to go out there this year under Brian Dayball and is he going to fulfill the lofty draft spot. Is Brian Dayball going to be able to do for Daniel Jones what he did for Josh Allen up in Buffalo? And I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not going to sit here and try to sell you on the fact that I think Daniel Jones is, you know, an all pro this year or even a pro bowler. But Daniel Jones has showed me a lot. I think he's playing the best football that he's played in his career. I don't know how much of that you want to attribute it to Dayball. I think certainly he gets some of the credit. Or maybe this is just a player who's now, what, into year number four? And maybe he's just getting it a little more? It does scare me. I mean, like, you watched the game last week in Jacksonville. I mean, think of how many design runs they had called for Daniel Jones, right? On those RPOs. And, and, and you say, you're like, wow, it's great that they're able to take advantage of his athleticism because that's what Daniel Jones brings to the table. But a guy who already had a season prematurely shut down because of a neck injury, like, I, I, I fear for that. You don't want it to happen again. But Jones is playing really, really well. Now, what does this mean for the future? Like, if you're a Giant fan, have you seen enough already through seven weeks thinking that, okay, the guy's got no wide receivers, right? No wide receivers. His tight end got poked in the eye last week and is going to need some sort of eye surgery. Who knows, you know, how effective he's going to be moving forward. And he's getting an all-world performance from Saquon Barkley. And he added all up there 6-1. and one. But is it enough for you to sit here and say to yourself, you know what, Daniel Jones convinced me. He's the guy. Next year, he's got to be the giant quarterback. And they got to do whatever they can to lock him up. 
after I just got done waxing poetic about him, I don't know if I could sit here and say that, yeah, I'm all in on that train. I don't know yet. Mike Tannenbaum is our good buddy. He was on Get Up, and he said that, you know what? Giants might not be able to sign Daniel Jones to that all-important team-friendly deal come the offseason. Clearly, he's a great kid. He's working hard. And I'm sure if I'm John Mara, I'm really intrigued. Like, what does Daniel Jones guys look like in three years with Brian Dayball? Unfortunately for them, they're not going to have that luxury because if they tag Saquon Barkley and then they say, hey, we want to pay Daniel Jones reasonable, there's going to be some team. If Frank Reich survives, for example, gets one more shot at it, there's no number that they wouldn't pay Daniel Jones who would at least solidify the position from an athletic standpoint and an age standpoint. I mean, first of all, I mean, how many more freaking chances are the Colts going to get to bring another quarterback in there? It's like musical chairs. I know Jim Irsay is kind of out there, but, like, my God, I mean, is he really going to let this same, you know, brain trust out there with Frank Reich and and Ballard, the general manager, just bring in another veteran quarterback? Spin the wheel of quarterback and see if it works this time. I mean, really, Andrew Luck's retirement has absolutely just, I don't want to say crippled that team, but it's thrown the quarterback position into, into complete nuts. Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Now you're on to Sam Ellinger because Matt Ryan can't play anymore and he's, you know, supposedly hurt, quote unquote. I mean, my gosh, if you're the Giants, you don't want that. You don't want him here. And that's why, I mean, you could talk about a team-friendly deal, but Worst case scenario, is it an awful idea that if you had to slap the franchise tag on Daniel Jones for one year? I know it's a lot of money, but one year. Giants are going to have cap space. What does Mike Tannenbaum think about the Daniel Jones market, potentially, going into the offseason? We'll hear from Mike in a second here. It's important. We're dying to know what he has to say. Will we hear from Mike? They're going to have to think about franchising him because if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm dying to get to the market. There are so many teams, at least a third of the NFL green, will need a starting quarterback. He's young. He's ascending. We've seen other quarterbacks get better. Geno Smith, Josh Allen, not saying he's going to be that great. But when you think about he's going to get at least $30 million a year, his guarantees are going to be upwards of $40, $50 million. If he gets out to the market, someone will pay him much the way Kirk Cousins got paid when he left Washington because of supply and demand. Mike Tannenbaum, it just confirms how talented a guy he is. Because I don't know if you guys know that, if you didn't see the episode. That was actually Mike on guitar, ripping off those power chords there. So Mike was actually shredding the metal there, and he was breaking down the market in the offseason for one Daniel Jones. He, he's a talented dude, and, I, and I'm really fortunate to call him a friend. Really and truly am. Hey, when we come back, more of your calls at 800-919-3776. And oh, by the way, the other team in town, they got a pretty important game on Sunday, too. We'll talk a little Jets. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So if you're headed to the Jets game coming up on Sunday, be sure to get in before it begins. All fans are being asked to be in their seats no later than 12.45 p.m. and be loud for player introductions, fan-led national anthem, and the kickoff. At 12 p.m., fans in the MetLife Stadium parking lots are going to hear fireworks, which signals it's time to shut down your tailgate and head into the game. If you don't leave by 12.15, you won't make it in time, so get to your seat by 12.45 and get ready to bring the noise. That is a, a little reminder from your friends over at the New York Jets, and it is going to be a scene. It's going to be It better be louder than that, though, on Sunday. I think it will. Um, it's going to be fun. And, you know, it's a couple of weeks ago when they played the Dolphins. I said going into that game that that was probably the biggest game that the Jets have played since that season finale in 2015 up in Buffalo. Well, fast forward a few weeks later, and here you are coming up on Sunday. Another home game. Another division opponent in the New England Patriots, and I think that I can maybe refresh that statement again that this is the biggest game the Jets have played since that season finale in Buffalo in 2015. It's a huge game. It's a huge game because it's an opportunity to make another statement that this team is indeed for real, that maybe they are building something. And I know the Patriots are not the Patriots of yesteryear. I get that, right? They have a different quarterback. As a matter of fact, they have two quarterbacks. And it sounds like Mac Jones is going to be the guy back under center this week. And so what? Bring it on. But top to bottom, this is not anywhere near as talented a Patriots team as the one that we're used to seeing. Yeah, they still got that coach on the sidelines. He wears the hoodies and all that stuff. But the Patriots of old, they wouldn't let the Chicago Bears come into their building like you saw on Monday night and just absolutely destroy them like they did. I mean, that wasn't the 85 Bears that went in there. Hell, that's not even a good Bears team. Bears are terrible. Bears stink. And that was probably the best game that Justin Fields has played in his NFL career. And you know what? It happened at the expense of Bill Belichick and his team and his defense at home, under the lights, Monday Night Football. Why can't the Jets win this game Sunday? Why shouldn't they win this game on Sunday? I, I think is a better question. Jets are the better football team. I know they haven't beaten the Patriots in forever. Hell, some of you might not even have been born listening to this show last time the Jets beat the Pats. Been a while. You lose 12 in a row, you know, those start to feel numb after a while because you just kind of expect it. But those are old teams, old players, and in certainly the Jets' case, old coaches. Doesn't matter. What happens now? What is happening with this team? And I don't think I have to remind anybody who follows the Jets that last year the two games they played the Patriots weren't good. Week two in MetLife, the home opener, you know, Bill Belichick confused the hell out of Zach Wilson. He had a poor game. I think he threw three or four up for grabs. Not a good one. And then the one down in Foxborough later in the season, that's when Zach got hurt, and they let the Jets have it. They kept running up the score. You had Belichick throwing the football in the fourth quarter when they were up by 40, putting up 50-plus on the scoreboard. 
You got Richard Seymour at halftime of that game saying that the Jets were the Patriots' homecoming opponent, really just rubbing it in. But now the time is to maybe reverse that trend and, you know, maybe apply some of that revenge medicine, if you will. And I can tell you for a fact that pretty much everybody in that locker room in Florham Park remembers exactly what happened a year ago. Exactly. They don't have to be reminded either. Jeff Ulbrich, who's the defensive coordinator of the Jets, and boy, has he done a good job this year. His unit was on the field and on the receiving end of that beatdown in Foxborough last year. Did you hear what Jeff Ulbrich had to say today about that game from last year? Take a listen. Yeah, I remember the score. I remember a lot of things, you know. I remember it being 40-plus and, you know, and shots still being taken on us, you know, and it is what it is. It's our job as a defensive coaching staff and as a defense to stop that. So at the end of the day, it comes down to what we can control, and, and uh, we allowed way too much last year. And been looking forward to this one. Yeah. I think that's putting it mildly. Putting it mildly. And you think about the performance of this defense. It's played pretty well. Sauce Gardner, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. This was a week after Quinnen Williams was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed might be playing at as good a level in terms of a cornerback duo that you have in the entire National Football League. It's getting to the point that defensively, they can now scheme up things almost to the extent, and I say almost, I don't want anybody to get out of control, almost to the level that they did with Darrell Revis, to the point where Sauce is good enough right now to shut down one side of the field, that they could go put him mano a mano on one intended target and then scheme up everything to the other side and make sure that that's covered because they know Sauce is going to have half the field locked down. That's how good he's been. Quinn and Williams and the other guys on that defensive line have wreaked havoc up front. You look at that linebacking core. You know, C.J. Mosley's playing well, which is a given. Quan Alexander, who's a new import. The guy's delivering hard hits every which way you look. Quincy Williams is now starting to get back in the fold after suffering that ankle injury. This is a very, very good defense, and that's why when you sit here and you forecast about what this team can maybe do the rest of the season and you have some questions about the offense, and look, make no mistake about it, the injuries hurt. Last week, to lose Brees Hall, to lose Elijah Vera Tucker, those sting in a big way. Brees Hall was your home run hitter. I mean, he was on his way to win an offensive rookie of the year. He was, as I said, probably the guy that you have to plan for most if you're an opposing defense. And now you don't have that. And Elijah Vera Tucker is, quite simply, probably your team MVP in the first seven weeks of the season because of everything that he did for this team. And I don't even know if he was asked. He just did it. No questions, knowing that, hey, you know what, it's a new position for me. I never really played it before, and I might get embarrassed, and maybe I'm not as good at this position as I am at another position, but I'm going to still do it anyway because it's for the betterment of the team, and it's going to make us better as a unit and as an offensive line. He did it. Now you don't have that the rest of the way. He was like a Swiss Army knife. that Whatever hole you had on the offensive line, he could fill it. Now that's gone. Both tremendous losses, but if you're asking me, the one that's actually more significant of the two is AVT for all the reasons that I just outlined. So now if you're Michael Carter, now it's your turn. And he's capable, and I know that he's anxious. And you'll hear from Michael Carter, by the way, on the pregame show coming up on Sunday. Did a one-on-one with him that you'll hear then. 
Great kid and good football player, too. He's looking forward to the chance to do more. Joe Douglas goes out there and brings in another capable back in James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy who, you know, kind of lost his role because uh, Travis Etienne was a number one pick last year. He's gotten more of the workload. James Robinson's a guy who's still very effective, still a young player. It's not like you're talking about some gray beard who's, you know, hanging on in this league and, you know, trying to recapture his prior form. No, nothing like that. So to have this, these guys as a one-two punch in the backfield, you could do a lot worse. Is the quarterback going to be asked to do a little bit more? Yeah, possibly. Is he up to the challenge? I guess we'll find out. But they got to get healthier on that offensive line. They really and truly do. And if there is a move to be made between now and Tuesday, another move, that would probably be one area that you would look to shore up. But this team from top to bottom, they have that winning mindset, and that's something that's been absent from this organization for a real, real long time. But the guys in that room believe, and I think they play an effective style of complementary football to where if the offense is struggling, you know you got the defense. Special teams has played well this year, too. And that's why you add all those things up. When they step out on that field on Sunday, they're better than the Patriots. And they should, I say should, get to 6-2. and two. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>